first day of the journey. There were plants and birds and ducks and things and a skin of Marinkidi. Because I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It was good to get out the rain. In the desert, I can't remember your name. That's why I don't give you no pain. Da 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 It's your old chuckle buddy. Yes, you. Jonathan James Ramtaram, reporting live for duty on this magnificent September 27th in the year of our Lord 2020. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. For crying out loud! For crying out loud! When do we get to take these fucking masks off, you know? When are we, gonna get, when are we finally being able to take these fucking masks off, you know? My ears are killing me! You know, my ears are killing me for crying out loud! Look at these fucking things! These fucking dumbo ears! I have to get an ear erectomy after this fucking thing. When, when this is all said and done, I'm going to have to get myself an ear erectomy, you know? My ears haven't hurt this much since I got them pierced, you know? My ears haven't hurt this much since grade school. Listening to blah, 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 whoop, 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 teachers natter, ah, hell! Killing me! It's fucking simply killing me, these fucking masks. Look at these ears. Look at these fucking things. My ears grew three sizes since this damn pandemic. I'm sick of it. Crying out loud, wearing these fucking dumbo fucking fucking masks all the live long day. Can't take it anymore. Ah, hell, I don't know. Is that my Rodney? Is that my Rodney? Rodney Dangerfield routine? I'm telling you, I can't take it anymore, you know? And, and the pandemic, that's another one, you know? I went home. My wife, she said, hey, honey, I got COVID-19. You want to eat my pussy? Huh. I tell you, I can't take it anymore. COVID-19. Ah, <laughs> uh, Johnny, some, some mornings I get drinking early. Johnny, I tell you. Uh, you know. Yeah, my dentist, that's another one. I said, Doc, I got COVID-19. He told me to wear a brown necktie. <laughs> How you doing, folks? If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtra and the podcast. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, cabelliake, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self. Y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, if you are enjoying the show, please help my black ass out for crying out loud, you know? I'm on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. You know, and sharing's caring, folks. Share me with a friend. And if you are returning, or if you're new, or whatever the hell you are, I am an actor extraordinaire. 19 years of service. Diploma in theater arts. That's been to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. It's hot. Ah, it's hot. You know, this Indian summer, squawking under the lights. You know, lights be blind in a motherfucker. You know, it's part of being an actor. You under them lights. You be under them lights, boy. You know, you be in the camera, son. You be in the camera, boy. Camera, boy. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, exciting news in the world of Jonathan Ramtran. Jonathan Ramtran, that is. Um, I am online. Well, I've always been online, you know, with the podcast and, you know, this, that, and the other. And some, I got an email address dating back to God knows when. But um, I'm on a online database, an actor's database. And this is an example of something that is relatable across industry, whatever you're doing. Um, grow with the times, change with the times, adapt with the times. Now, online databases, I mean, it's very similar to, let's say, LinkedIn or Monster. You know, if you've heard of those online databases, they're like a job search engine for like more corporate uh, type work. You know what I mean? Like administrative, office, paperwork, blue collar, white collar, dummy desk suit and tie wearing pencil neck fucking business suit fucking morons, you know, the general public. <laughs> These type of idiots, they usually use those type of um, databases, you know, to find work. Well, idiots such as myself, dummies such as myself, you know, these fucking scum of the earth, you know, amateur performer, whatever the hell that means, you know, just because Steven Spielberg isn't my best friend doesn't mean I don't know a thing or two about fucking camera work, boy. Don't condescend me, boy. Think I can't fucking make it rain on this motherfucking camera? Anyway, um... I've been on this online database as of late as an actor. And I've tried them in the past um, to various levels of success. I've tried free actor databases where they post auditions, classes, networking opportunities. I've used some of the free services before to some pretty good results. You know, um, I had some auditions that I had done Booked a couple gigs, like little independent films and stuff like that. So it was all right. I've had other experiences where I've paid, you know, a paid online database as an actor. And you pay to be on this database and you get audition notices, networking opportunities, X, Y, and Z. The paid version I've used in the past wasn't so hot. You know, nothing really came of it. So it kind of soured me to the idea. You know, it's like sometimes there's this idea of, or at least what I've noticed, in the performing world, there's an industry built upon people's desire to be in the industry. It's almost like post-secondary education. It's like, you want a job, don't you? Okay, so give us money and we'll train you how to get a job. And then after the training, there's no job. It's like learning to ride a bicycle with training wheels and the second you, tame up, you take them off, crash, you hit the ground. It's like, what was the point of fucking around with these training wheels if my dumbass can't ride a bike, you know? So it's kind of what some of these online databases have been. It's like... An industry built on people's desire to be in the industry. 
So I'd fuck with them for a minute, had a sour taste in my mouth, but, you know, which is relatable across industry is flexibility, adaptability, changing with the times. So I was like, well, let me give it another shot. Let me try a different online database. Let's see what they can do. And um, it's a paid online actors database that I've recently subscribed to. I pay an annual fee. I get um, audition notices for various productions, television, film, independent. And so far, so good, you know? And, um, you know, I'm actually quite happy with the results. It's the best, uh, the best kind of results that I've had um, with a paid online job database as of late. And it's kind of like the new, um, well, it's not so new. Like I said, it's been around for a while now, but it's, you know, like 10, 15 years in the making, you know, but it's the way in which I guess film professionals and to a greater extent, just artistic professionals can communicate posting these jobs on these databases. So, um, that's relatable to anybody, you know, especially during these times where there's so much uncertainty and job security is fleeting and a new mindset might be needed. Trying a new opportunity, you know, give it a shot, you know, got to play to win, baby. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yeah. Fucking fitzing up a storm here this morning. Whoo! I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Eleven plus years of service. Yeah. Um, which is relatable across industry. You know, these uncertain times. Pandemic, twenty twenty. You know, um, stand-up comedy. Who, man, even the big boys and girls and um, transgendered in-betweens, you know, the players in this industry, they're suffering. So you can imagine how old Jonathan Ramtram of J.R. the P is feeling these days, you know, a little bit like a cockroach, you know, scampering around from fucking crumb to crumb, living under a fucking fridge somewhere. Ah, you cockroach. You know what your problem is? You're a bunch of assholes. Because you don't have the guts to be who you want to be. You all point your fucking fingers and say, there goes the bad guy. Does that make you good? You're no good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me? I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. And I'm going to say a bad guy like this again, let me tell you that. You cockroach. Some days I feel like a fucking cockroach, you know, living under a fucking leftover pizza box somewhere, scrounging for crumbs, you know, you know, eating the entrails of a dead industry, stand-up comedy. It's a real fucking heartbreaker, you know, it just breaks your heart, you know. Today's Sunday, generally speaking, as a stand-up comedian, that's a pretty cool night because while it's the end of the work week 
You know, most paid comedy gigs, a comedy run, you know, you would generally go Tuesday through Saturday night. You know, that's how most stand-up comedian gigs run. If you're like a, let's say you're like a club act, generally speaking, uh, you would run, you would do a run at a club from Tuesday to Saturday night. And that would be like, I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. So that would be like seven shows, right? Four, yeah, like seven shows, something like that, you know, generally speaking. And uh, yeah, Tuesday through Saturday. But Sunday is a pretty fun uh, day in the comedy life because there's a lot of open mics usually. A lot of like independent gigs where you can go hang out with your comedy folk, you know, comedians, people who just dig comedy. And you go up and you try some new shit, spit a couple jokes, you know, a couple chuckles, a couple guffaws, you know, a couple razzmatazz. And, you know, you're set up beautifully to go on for the new week, right? So, you know, here I am, like I said, living like a fucking cockroach. And uh, you just get a little, a little sad, you know. But, you know, looking forward into the career of comedian, um, I'm very excited because I... I did need this change. I did need this shakeup because, to be honest, post pre pandemic, I'd been trying all sorts of different things. I was trying to produce my own shows. I was getting on stage as much as I could. I was um, producing the podcast, JR the P. I was busy, but I felt very inefficient. You know, I didn't really seem to be making any. I would say industry movement. Like I was moving along as a comedian. I was feeding the soul of the performer, the artist, you know, uh, the man in me. And industry wise, I didn't really seem like I was moving forward. So this pandemic has given me the opportunity to recalibrate, recalculate, and I am excited for like some of my goals moving forward as a comedian, but I'm also a little, a little weary, you know, it's a strange dichotomy when it's like you're excited, but you're also very apprehensive, you know, but that all just boils down to fear, anger, aggression, the tenements of the dark side, you know. Fear, anger, and aggression. That's all that is, you know? So, uh, two tears in a bucket, motherfuck it, you know? Just one foot forward, left foot, right foot, you know? Free your mind, and your ass will follow. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Keep it funky for you. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Uh, real animated this morning, aren't I? <laughs> Making all these faces, talking on all these voices. Oh, hell, I don't know. Like I said, I'm fucking missing the stage. I don't know who I am. 
Am I a cartoon character? Am I a, th- am I a serious thespian? Am I a business person? Am I a stoic, thoughtful comedian? Am I a stoic, thoughtful actor, artist, to sit around and calculate the meaning of art? Am I just some bonehead, bumbling, babbling, fucking attention-seeking, fucking dorky, fucking theater performer? I don't know. These times are really hard. No, they're not. They're just a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's my whole approach to this pandemic. It's, it's just been a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's not hard. It's just annoying. Would you fuck off already? You know? Hey, you, get off my cloud. You don't know me. You don't know my style. Back the fuck up. Pipe down, you know? One thing I've been noticing during this time of pandemic is the sound of the times. The sound of the times. It's like pure anxiety. You step out the door during these times. I mean, you always have the choice, you know, to be who you want to be. You always have the choice to manage yourself the way you want to manage yourself, you know. You don't have to be a to be a slave to your emotions. You don't have to be emotional, you don't have to be reactionary. You know, you can have a stillness in yourself. Though these times are really loud. You know, you step out the door. I live in downtown Toronto, Canada. You walk through the streets, man, there's people just bumbling around, popping out of alleys, sleeping on sidewalks, panhandling, you know, news cycles, just fear-mongering, COVID-19, spikes go up, spikes go down, spikes go left, spikes go right, you know, it's just this bombardment and of negativity and stupidity and indecisiveness it's it can be overwhelming i mean for example i was really enjoying jogging running I've I've recently built myself up to a place where I'm I'm pretty swift of foot. I enjoy a nice jog and I'm really excited to see where my future can go with that. I would love to eventually run one day run marathons. I would eventually love to one day be really active in the Terry Fox run, you know, Terry Fox, that crippled hero, that legless wonder who took a horrible situation of his cancer and turned it into a cause for the greater good of cancer research. For any of y'all who don't know, Terry Fox was an athlete in the 70s, I believe, who developed cancer and had to get his leg amputated. And he had a prosthetic leg and he ran across Canada 
he would just run with this prosthetic leg and it would just be painful and bloody and unimaginable pain. Just the actual act of jogging on a prosthetic leg, the pain of that, atop his cancer. And he did that in the name of cancer research. And to this day, people do a Terry Fox run. It was last Sunday, actually. I think it was um, September 20th. Yeah, September 20th, 2020 was the Terry Fox run of 2020. They have it every year. And I, I did a little jog that day and I kept Terry in my mind. So suffice to say, running has been very beneficial for me in my mind, in my mental health state. But as of late, it's like I don't even want to go outside in the morning. Like generally speaking, the morning is the best time for me to go for a run. I live in downtown Toronto. I get up, I go outside in the morning. There's always some... Some fucking mental patient popping out from behind a dumpster. Some fucking... Some angry looking thug looking motherfucker just like staring at you. People are always popping up out of nowhere. It's like, I just don't want to deal with people during these times of pandemic. It's like, people are just encroaching upon each other, man. Like, it's a feeling. And I've had a lot of strange encounters with like, people just walking up on you and getting in your fucking space, in your personal space, just walking up on you and acting dumb and acting goofy. And, you know, this too shall pass comes to mind. You know, we're around the corner, we're rounding that bend. Um, I personally think COVID-19 is a hoax. I believe that the virus exists. I believe that it affects the elderly people in poor health, overly obese. I believe it's a serious condition, but I don't think it's as widespread as it's reported. I think the numbers are inflated. I think um, it was planted to be a politicizing weapon to disrupt economies, global economies. And I think it's a little game that the powers that be have been playing. I think there's like a deep state uh, knowledge to how this thing is really going down. And I believe once the presidential elections of 2020 in the United States of America are um, finished, once the uh, presidential elections of 2020 in the United States, once those are finished, COVID-19 will be finished as well. And we can go on to the next crises. But it's a politicizing weapon that's fucking with global economies. And it's an overinflated situation that governments are using to control. That's how I see it. You know, I don't, I don't roll the dice. I don't take a gamble. I wear my mask. Everywhere I go, I wear my mask, mainly because I don't want nobody fucking babbling at me. I don't want some dummy walking up on me. <laughs> some fucking Karen or whatever up in my face. Some, you know, Karen, some Karenita, some 
Karen Yonta, you know, let's keep the whole race thing out of it. You know, I don't want any dummy of any fucking creed or racial background or gender fucking with me. Just leave me alone. I'll wear my stupid mask. And, you know, it's very vital during these times that we keep a level head, stay aware of what's our, aware of our surroundings, be aware of your surroundings, you know, traffic is even kind of nutty, even though, you know, you would think in theory due to quarantine conditions, there would be less traffic. You're reading in the paper, at least in Toronto, Canada, there's always an accident. Somebody was struck by a vehicle. Somebody was struck by a bus. Somebody in hospital. Somebody dead from some sort of traffic mishap. I was almost hit by a car recently. Some dummy was just busting this left turn as I was crossing the street. He just busts this long left turn, almost takes me out. You know, there's aggression in traffic, there's aggression on sidewalks, there's aggression in the news media, you know, there's aggression in the home, people like forced into quarantine conditions with their families, nattering at one another. This is a time to reassess, you know, the goal line, the finish line is in sight. We are rounding that corner, you know, we are closer to normalcy, I personally believe. This thing cannot last forever. The truth will eventually come out. Human beings will get back to being human beings. And as long as we can just keep that in mind, we're going to be okay. Hallelujah. Let's get into some news. You know, there's always news. Um, this one's very sad. Um, this is from cbcnews.ca. Mystery of hundreds of elephant deaths in Botswana solved. You know, I love elephants. Hey there, buddy. Why the long face? <laughs> Why the long face? That's a horse, you idiot. <laughs> okay. Take it easy. You know, I guess elephants never really do forget. <laughs> hey there, buddy. Why the long face? That's a horse, you idiot. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of this. Mystery of hundreds of elephant deaths in Botswana solved. Toxic algae blamed, but mystery remains about why only elephants not other animals, were affected. The sudden deaths of some 330 elephants in northern Botswana earlier this year may have occurred because they drank water contaminated by toxic blue-green algae, the government announced Monday. The elephants in Saragonga area died from a neurological disorder that appears to have been caused by drinking water tainted by a toxic bloom of cyanobacterium in seasonal pans, water sources, in the region, said Cyril Teolo, 
acting director of the Department of Wildlife and National Parks. The unexplained deaths ceased after the water pans dried up, said Tallow in a press conference in Gaborone, the capital. No other wildlife species were affected by the toxic water in the Seranganga area, close to Botswana's famed Okavango Delta. Django? <laughs> close to the Botswana's famed Okavango Delta, said Tallow. Even scavengers like hyenas and vultures observed feeding on the elephant carcasses showed no signs of illness, he said. With an estimated 130,000 elephants, Botswana has the world's largest population of the pachyderms, which attracts international tourists. Remember Bugs Bunny? Hey, hey there, Buster. You look like a pachyderm. What's up, Doc? Yeah, you be you, you be trucking around like a pachyderm. I think I saw an episode of Bugs Bunny when he said pachyderm. Pachyderm. I knew I shouldn't have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. Anyway, after the mysterious deaths of the pachyderms in the Seranganga area, the government conducted extensive extensive tests to determine the cause of the fatalities. Both male and female elephants of all ages died, with clinical signs limited to neurological symptoms, said Teolo. The deaths happened mainly near seasonal water pans and did not spread beyond the initial and did not spread beyond the initially affected region, he said. Mortality event characteristics and the field clinical postmortem his some fucking scientifical jargon would you just fucking spit it out you fucking dummy mortality event characteristics and the field clinical postmortem histopathological and laboratory findings suggest the elephants died from neurotoxic cyan cyanobacterium blue green algae toxosis associated with a toxic bloom of cyanobacterium in seasonal pans in the region, said Teolo. A.K.A. poachers are going for fucking ivory tusks, you lying fucking pachydoim. What a bunch of hogwash. Did you just hear that fucking sentence? This is horseshit. Now, obviously, I'm not a fucking expert in uh, clinical postmortem histopathological laboratory findings, neurotoxic cyanobacterium, blue-green algae toxosis, toxic bloom of cyanobacterium, seasonal plants in the region. Obviously, I'm not a fucking uh, authority in that matter. Hey, there's something awfully squooey going on around here. Uh... Them pachydoms, you know, there's something more to that story, suffice to say. So, you know, what a tragedy. 330 elephants died of blue-green algae poisoning from a water hole in Botswana, Africa. I love elephants. They're beautiful creatures. They're very smart You know, 
beautiful, gentle, gentle giants. Well, I don't know about how gentle they are. I've never seen a fucking pissed off elephant. But, you know, nor would I want to. But um, they're just beautiful creatures. And, you know, this story don't even make any sense. You got vultures and hyenas and other wildlife drinking from the same watering holes. They're fine. These 330 elephants die from algae, blue algae poisoning from a water hole. And then they give this fucking long-winded, well, scientifical fucking explanation. Hey, there's something awfully squooey going on around here. Uh, I'm hunting pachydoms. <laughs> anyway, speaking of poisoning, uh, which brings me to my next point. This is from globalnews.ca. Quebec woman accused of sending ricin to Trump was RV-loving developer. She was an RV-loving web developer. So there's this Quebec woman accused of sending ricin-laced letters to President Donald Trump. Fake news, okay? What you want to do is drink plenty of bleach, get plenty of sunshine. You're going to be fine, okay? Chinese flu. <laughs> Loser. Think you're going to poison me with a ricin-laced letter? Loser. Okay? So, Pascal Fiore. Pascal Fiore? Oh, hell, I don't know. She's got one of them dummy names. Pascal Ferrere's Facebook page shows photos of her kids, her RV, and strawberry pie she made for dessert. This woman has kids. She's obviously out of her fucking mind. <clears throat> you have children and you plot an assassination on the President of the United States? Goodbye. It's nice knowing you, Pascal A. Ferrere. Anyways, it is an online footprint that is difficult to reconcile with the with a would-be presidential assassin. But on Tuesday, the FBI accused Quebec woman of sending a letter laced with deadly ricin to the U.S. President Donald Trump, along with a letter warning him to withdraw his candidacy for re-election. I made a special gift for you to make a decision. The gift is in this letter, the letter read. If it doesn't work, I'll find a better recipe for another poison, or I might use my gun when I'm able to come. Enjoy! Now, I know Donald Trump's a bit of a fucking, you know, he's a bit of a windbag fucking kind of a dude, but, I mean, to assassinate the motherfucker? For crying out loud, you know? Where's your head at, Pascale Ferrere? You fucking dummy? Like, you think you're going to get away with assassinating the president? You think you should assassinate the president? You know? Like, if you're going to turn assassin because you cannot stand another person's political view, you are out of your mind. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Differing political points of view are damnable. But assassination is peachy keen. <laughs> Six other letters containing the same toxin were sent to Texas, 
the FBI alleged in an affidavit. All were mailed from Canada, used the same language, and were signed, Free Rebel Spirit. <laughs> On Sunday afternoon, Fiere allegedly turned up at the Peace Bridge border, crossing near Buffalo, and was arrested by the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. The individual, identified as Pascal Cecil Veronica Fiere, told officers she was wanted by the FBI for mailing envelopes with ricin to the White House and other locations, CBP Acting Commissioner Mark Morgan said Tuesday. Upon a subsequent search, officers discovered a gun, knife, and ammunition. The bitch is batshit crazy. The, the FLQ, Freedom, Freedom, Liberation, Quebec. She's a fucking terrorist. What may have driven the 53-year-old to such an extreme remains unclear, but most of the letters were sent to people linked to facilities where Fiere was detained following her arrest in Texas last year. She was arrested in Texas last year? What? What may have driven the 50-year-old to such an extreme remains unclear, but most of the letters were sent to people linked to facilities where Fiere was detained following her arrest in Texas last year. So I guess there was some previous arrest. I don't know what that that's about. The FBI affidavit also revealed that her name had come up during an investigation into individuals with Canadian connections who had been recently arrested and were detained in San Antonio area of Texas. She was to appear in U.S. court at 4 p.m. We anticipated entering a not guilty plea on her behalf at that time, said Fonda Don Kubiak, the assistant federal public defender representing Fiere. On Facebook, Fiere wrote diary-style entries documenting her life as what she called a techno-creative nomad, a roving web developer who worked out of her RV. Isn't that funny how some people are? It's like, they see themselves as a rebel spirit, you know? A whimsical rebel spirit. A techno-creative nomad, living out of an RV, living a whimsical, loving life where you're free to flit from one situation to the next. And in your free time, you plot assassinations on the President of the United States. Because they conflict with your self-obsessed point of view. Techno-nomad rebel spirit. Assassination. <laughs> Online posts indicate she became a Canadian citizen in 2015 after immigrating from France. Well, there you have it. You know, don't be stomping on my Canadian petunias. You know, don't be stomping on the good folks of Quebec and, you know, Canada. Online posts indicate she became a Canadian citizen in 2015. God love you, France. You know I love you. Femme le bouche, le Jonathan of Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Femme le bouche, le Jonathan Ramcharan of Jonathan Ramcharan podcast. If I feel God bless you, France. You know I love you. Online posts indicate she became a Canadian citizen in 2015 after immigrating from France where she had studied at Université Grenoble and worked in the software industry since 1994. 
After a decade at a Montreal firm that designed software for aeronautics, defense, space and automotive industries, she became a freelance web developer under the name La Techno Creative Nomad. Okay. But she was also restless, announcing that but she was also restless, announcing that had deceived what? But she was also restless, announcing that had received Oh, I'm stupid today. <laughs> Announcing that had decided to move into an RV and tour America while running her business remotely. A whole challenge for a single woman at 50 years old, she wrote. But in my head, I'm still 20 years old and full of dreams that just asked to come true. And as long as health is there, I want to enjoy life and live like I want and not as others of society want. Well, good luck to that because now you are involved with a assassination attempt on the president of the United States detained by the FBI. Yeah, you're really going to um, live a life full of dreams and enjoy and live like I want, not as others of our society want. Detained in a prison somewhere indefinitely. We must remain free of our choices. And it's not easy when you make a good living to face the judgments of others who think you're crazy because you want to go, because you want to let go of a quiet and comfortable little life. But I don't want this life. I want something else. I want to be a fucking jailhouse assassin. I want to be fucking detained indefinitely in some jail for plotting to assassinate the president of the United States. That's what I want for my life and my children's life. She's a fucking mother. Apparently, she's got a couple of fucking marbles left. She's got a couple marbles loose in that fucking head of hers. That's for sure. You can say that again. Here, her new home became a 30-foot Coachman RV, which she parked at a campground in Russelltown, Quebec, that had Wi-Fi. Well, it's not so bad, you know, living in the back of a truck. At least you have Wi-Fi. The owner recalled she lived alone with her dog and worked on web development projects but never caused any problems. So she lived alone? Earlier in the article, they said she was a mother. So something really happened, you know? Something must have really happened. She lost the kids or something. Lost her mind. As winter approached, she headed south to Texas. In April 2019, she was arrested in Hidalgo County, Texas. Court records indicate she was charged with using a fake Texas driver's license. The FBI said she also faced weapons possession charges. She was held for two months but released on May 17th. I am back in Canada, she wrote on Facebook on June 17th after crossing into Manitoba. At the border, there was nobody and after a few questions, the officer let me go. It seems that I have always had an honest face. Yeah, an honest face, but a filthy, lying soul. She intended to find a job in Winnipeg, but ended up back in Quebec trying to sell her RV and working at a grocery store. After seeing an elderly man tumble on the sidewalk, she wrote about trying to find a second-hand walker for him on Kijiji. Would any good soul join me in giving him this kind of gift? 
According to her online resume, in December 2019, she started at a Montreal company that did contract work for Quebec-based aircraft engine manufacturer Pratt & Whitney Canada. And so on and so forth. The article continues on. The, the article continues on talking about her and her background. A week later, the letter allegedly containing ricin and addressed to Trump was intercepted at an off-site White House mailing processing facility. The letter also referred to Trump as the ugly tyrant clown. You ruin USA and lead them to disaster, the letter, according to the FBI, said. I have U.S. cousins, and I don't want the next four years with you as president. Give up and remove your application for this election. Yeah, so this woman, Pascale Fiere of Quebec, Canada, originally from France, sent a ricin-laced letter to President Donald Trump. Basically because she disagrees with his politics. And that is not the answer, obviously. Communication, dialogue, democracy, true peace. You know, she, she, she claimed to be a rebel free spirit. That's one of the monikers she identified herself as. A rebel free spirit. Well, true freedom in spirit is a acceptance of others and a do unto yourself as you will have done unto you mentality. Do unto yourself as you will have done unto others. Well, just at least in my overall opinion, I mean, come on. Would you rather do as Jesus did or do as this Pascale Fiere did? Sending a ricin-soaked letter to the President of the United States. Absolutely crazy. Anyway, details to come. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, yes. This is a very divisive one as well. Much going on in the United States. This is from ctvnews.ca. Two Louisville officers shot amid Breonna Taylor protests. Louisville, Kentucky. Hours after a Kentucky grand jury brought charges... Pardon me, folks, for one moment. Gonna mop up this fucking forehead of mine. Yeah, you got sweat pouring out your forehead. <clears throat> Louisville, Kentucky. Hours after a Kentucky grand jury brought no charges against Louisville police for Breonna Taylor's death and protesters took to the street, authorities, authorities said... Two officers were shot and wounded Wednesday night during the demonstrations expressing anger over the killings of black people at the hands of police. Interim Louisville Police Chief Robert Schroeder said a suspect was in custody but did not offer details about whether that person was participating in the demonstrations. He says both officers are expected to recover and one is undergoing surgery. 
He says the officers were shot after investigating reports of gunfire at an intersection where there was a large crowd. Several shots rang out as protesters in downtown Louisville tried to avoid police blockades, moving down an alleyway as officers lobbed pepper balls. Pepper balls? <laughs> baby, check out these pepper balls, baby. <clears throat> get, a, get, a good, get a good fucking dip into my pepper balls. <clears throat> moving down an alleyway as officers lobbed pepper balls, according to an Associated Press journalist. People covered their ears, ran away, and frantically looked for places to hide. Police with long guns, police with long guns swarmed the area. Then officers in riot gear and military-style vehicles blocked off roadways. The violence comes after prosecutors, prosecutors said two officers who fired their weapons at Taylor, a black woman, were justified in using force to protect themselves after they faced gunfire from her boyfriend. The only charges were three counts of wanton endangerment against fired officer Brett Hankinson. Brent, Brett Hankinson for shooting into a home next to Taylor's with people inside. The FBI is still investigating potential violations of federal law in connection with the raid at Taylor's home on March 13th. When Ben Crump a lawyer for Taylor's family denounced the decision as outrageous and offensive and protesters shouting, no justice, no peace, immediately marched through the streets. Scuffles broke out between police and protesters and some were arrested. Officers fired flashbangs and a few small fires. Officers fired flashbangs and a few small fires burned in a square that's been at the center of protests, but it had largely cleared out ahead of nighttime curfew as demonstrators marched through other parts of downtown Louisville. Dozens of patrol cars blocked the city's major thoroughfare. Demonstrators also marched in cities like New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, and Philadelphia. Taylor, an emergency medical worker, was shot multiple times by white officers who entered her home during a narcotics, narcotics investigation. State Attorney General Daniel Cameron said that while the officers had a no-knock warrant, the investigation showed they announced themselves before entering. The warrant used to search her home was connected to a suspect who did not live there and no drugs were found inside. Along with the killing of George Floyd in Minnesota, Taylor's case became a major touchstone for nationwide protests and have drawn attention to entrenched racism and demanded police reform. Taylor's image has been painted on streets, emblazoned on shirts worn by celebrities. Several prominent African-American celebrities joined those urging the officers to be charged. The announcement drew sadness, frustration, and anger, and the jury, grand jury, did not go further. The wanton endangerment charges each carry a sentence up to five years. Morgan Juliana Lee, a high school student in Charlotte, North Carolina, watched the announcement at home. It's almost like a slap in the face, the 15-year-old said by phone. If I, as a black woman, ever need justice, I will never get it. Governor Andy Beshear, a Democrat, said he authorized a limited deployment of the National Guard. He also urged Cameron, the state 
Attorney General to post online all the evidence that could be released without affecting the charges filed. Um, yada, yada, so on and so forth. Uh, um, there's something here I want to speak about in terms of uh, a settlement. Um, diddly dum, diddly do, da da da, da da do, diddly dee. Um, her mother got like a twelve million dollar settlement from the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department. Um, trying to find it here in the article. Doesn't mention anything like that, but suffice to say there was a settlement. Brianna Taylor's mother got, I believe it was like a $12 million settlement from the police department of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and the protests continue. And this climate of protest and distrust between black African Americans and the police departments continue. Not getting very tearful here, I'm just sweating. Though there is cause to be tearful. I mean, who knows? Like, I mean, are we being lied to? Because the police say that there was a no-knock warrant served, but they did announce themselves. So they're saying that they announced themselves, then Breonna Taylor's boyfriend took fire upon the police. In turn, the police took fire upon you know, Breonna Taylor and the residents of her home. She being the only one shot and killed. Are we being lied to? Did that truly happen the way that the grand jury has concluded? There's like this real hazy thing going on when it comes to racial injustice and racism in America. Like, for example... It's pretty hard to argue that the George Floyd case wasn't just pure murder, if you've seen the video. The man was handcuffed, detained by several officers. There was no need for that excessive force. Was he bellyaching? Was he putting up a fight? Was he high on drugs? I don't know, but to be handcuffed and detained by several police officers shouldn't lead to a death especially when the person is screaming or like coughing, wheezing. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh, mother, mommy. Cop got a fucking knee in his neck. That's pretty cut and dry. But then you have like the Jacob Blake. Blake Jacob? I don't know. That young man who was shot while... I guess, resisting arrest. I mean, if you see that video, it's pretty clear. The police have their weapons drawn. <sighs> he is shot in the back while entering his vehicle in a hurried manner. Look at it from the police officer's perspective. You have your gun drawn. You, you tasered the suspect. You are, you are screaming for the suspect to comply. Stop. You're under arrest. You tased him. That's not stopping him. 
He's walking over to his vehicle. He's going in his vehicle. What is the police officer supposed to do? At that point, it's kind of hard to feel sorry. Not to feel sorry, but it's kind of hard to... I mean, it's a tragedy all around, but I have empathy for both sides. You know, you got a young man shot in the back, paralyzed. But then again, you have these police officers that, you know, they were quite clear. Their guns were drawn. They tasered him. They exclaimed. I'm sure they must have exclaimed during those times, you're under arrest. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, myself, as a man, if I see a police officer with his gun drawn, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to make a hurried motion to my vehicle. I mean, yo, like, have you ever heard the phrase, don't bring a knife to a gunfight? How about don't bring nothing to a gunfight? The police officer's gun was drawn. That's pretty clear, buddy. Stop in the name of the law. But he didn't stop. Uh, Was it Jacob Blake? He moves to his vehicle and subsequently gets shot in the back. I have empathy for both sides. You know what I mean? Could the police officers have handled it better? Yes. Could the suspect have complied and used his brain? You know, you have your children in the vehicle. His children apparently were in the backseat of that vehicle. You know? Why not be concerned for your children's safety? For your children's well-being? You know? This is obviously not going to end well when you have a police officer with a gun drawn on you. And you're storming over to your vehicle in front of your children. So it's like, yeah, you got the George Floyd killing. You got the Jacob Blake shooting. Ahmaud Aubrey shooting. That again is a, a case example of like, that was a straight up lynching. That one was pretty obvious. But then you have like Breonna Taylor where it's like, she... You know, the police officers are found not guilty of whatever the the case filing is, but basically they're acquitted of any real wrongdoing. The grand jury finds that, you know, they acted in a reasonable amount of discretion. It's like, what to make of this? And what do we really want of this? Do we want to go in circles fighting each other till the end of time? Or do we have do we want to have some real accountability on both sides? I mean, you know, the police are an essential evil. You know, evil exists in human beings. They rob, steal, rape, murder. So then we need individuals to protect the general society from these fucking degenerates. That's the police department. They're a necessary evil, but they are corrupt within themselves at times. It's the hearts of man. It's the hearts of humankind. It's a tricky situation. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I don't know. I think people need to 
be a little bit more mindful of one another and the golden rule, do unto yourself as you will have done unto others. If people could account for that, there would be such a such a smoother operation of society in general. You know. Speaking of Jesus, do unto yourselves as you will have done unto you. I'm going to wrap it up here on a pretty entertaining note. This is a news article. Um, this is a news article from uh, globalnews.ca. Jesus of Siberia arrested on cult-related charges in Russia. Blessed are he who comes in the name of the Lord. I am Jesus. <clears throat> Russian authorities have arrested a Russian authorities have arrested an accused cult leader who claims to be the reincarnation of Jesus after major operations to extract him from the community he runs in Siberia. Yes, they banished me to Siberia to do the Lord's work. Okay, I'm Jesus. Sergei Sergei Anatolievich Torop, 59 years old, was arrested Tuesday in Krasnoyarsk, Siberia, according to Russia's investigative committee. The police officer turned mystic, <laughs> had been living in the Siberia for decades as leader of the Church of the Last Testament, a pseudo-Christian commune with more than 4,000 members. I got 22 followers on fucking YouTube. You know, on JR the P, Jonathan Ramchand the podcast. Like, follow, share, and subscribe. You know, a very humble podcast site. I got 22 followers and growing. It's hard to get people just to watch your videos online from the comfort of their own home. How do you get 4,000 fucking people to follow you into the woods of Siberia? You know, to read Bibles and do God knows what. You know, dance the shumka and paint eggs all day in the woods, Siberia. Torup's followers often called him Jesus of Siberia or Viserion Christ, the teacher. Not to be confused with Viserion, the dragon from the Game of Thrones. <laughs> If you might have been confusing the two. He was arrested on several charges, including founding an illegal religious organization, extorting money from his followers, and subjecting people to emotional abuse and grievous bodily harm, officials said. His lieutenant, Vadim Redkin, who is a former Soviet-era rocker. What was he in Pussy Riot? And Vladimir Vedernikov was also arrested. Video released by Russian authorities shows Torop with long gray hair and a beard being loaded into an aircraft along with his two aides after his arrest. Several masked commandos can be seen escorting the suspect, escorting the suspect. In order to extract income from religious activities, they, 
they attracted funds from citizens and also used psychological violence against them, investigators said in a Russian news release. As a result of prolonged exposure, some of the followers of the religious organization suffered serious harm to their health. Yeah, you're out there in the woods of Siberia. Didn't they just banish people there back in the Tsar days? You know, back in the back in the day in Russia, didn't they banish you to Siberia for doing whatever? You didn't grow enough potatoes. Off to Siberia. And, uh, you know, but these clowns, they're out there living in a commune following a Christ-like figure, the reincarnation of Christ, out of their fucking minds. Witnesses say a large security team showed up to arrest Torup at one of the hamlets in his commune. Russia's Federal Security Service, FSB, the Russia Federal Security Service, the successor to the KJB, KGB, also helped with the arrest. Torup lost his job as a traffic cop in 1989 and found Jesus in a mirror two years later, just before the fall of the Soviet Union. He started his church on the claim that Jesus was watching Earth from orbit. <laughs> one small step for man, one giant leap for me to become Jesus Christ, Sputnik. Jesus Christ is up there on the Sputnik space vessel watching Earth from afar. Yes, yes, da. Then eventually claimed to be Jesus himself, the Guardian reports. I felt something violently surging up from within me that had been held down until then, he said in a 2009 interview when an AFP reporter asked about his come-to-be-Jesus come moment. He and thousands of followers established a colony in a remote part of Siberia where they lived for roughly three decades after the government operation on Tuesday. I am not God, and it is a mistake to see Jesus as God, but I am the living word of God the Father, he told The Guardian in a 2002 interview. Everything that God wants to say, he says through me, duh. Photos and videos from the commune show simple wooden homes, simple wooden homes, dirt roads, and people in white clothing. It's kind of very quaint, actually, if you can take the whole religious cult aspect out of it. Take that out of the equation. It actually is quite a little cozy-looking little commune, aside from the fucking brainwashing cult-like mentality. The Church of the Last Testament's website features many lectures from Torup. The most recent one ones are dated 60 AR, which appears to refer to after the resurrection of Jesus. The site describes Torup's writings as the Last Testament. Redkin also appears to have penned several religious texts from the movement, which has called Vadim's Chronicles. The group's beliefs include a mishmash of Buddhists, of Buddhist, Russian Orthodox, and apocalyptic and environmental conscious ideas, 
as they explain in a popular Vice documentary from 2012. They also believe in aliens. Yes, so there's a Vice documentary on this. Jesus of Siberia. Something along those lines. Vice. V-I-C-E. I I saw this documentary. It's very interesting. You can catch it on YouTube. Um, This Vice documentary from from 2012. And yes, they also believe in aliens. (laughs) Which isn't really that far-fetched. Is it? What if we knew that these were real? Leave my closet door open all night i know the cia would say what you do is all hearsay wish somebody would tell me what was right all right up all night long and there's something very wrong and i know it must be late because since yesterday i'm not like you guys i'm not like you you know blink 182 they believe in aliens well um, what's his nuts? I love that band. But what's his nuts? The the he used to be the lead singer or one of the singers, Tom DeLonge of Blink One Eighty Two. He believes in UFOs and aliens and such, and he recently was proven right this year. Some photos from the Pentagon were le- were released, so he can't be really, you know. So like you know, Tom DeLonge, Blink One Eighty Two, he pro- proclaimed to believe in aliens and. Some of this came to fruition, maybe not aliens, but UFOs, unidentified flying object. The Pentagon released photos of UFOs earlier this year. So, you know, UFOs apparently exist. So is it really that far-fetched that aliens exist? And should you really be lambasting a Jesus cult leader for believing in aliens? Like, give him a break on the aliens, I say. I mean... It is sort of weird that you claim to be like Jesus Christ, the son of God, incarnated, reincarnated into your body here on earth, living in the backwoods of Siberia, painting eggs, wearing white gowns and growing your hair down to your ass. Like that is a little weird, but you don't have to fucking bust the guy's balls about aliens. I mean, those might exist. So anyways, these idiots believe in aliens. Uh, Torop styled himself after popular images of Jesus. Photos captured over the years. He wore his hair long and grew a scraggly beard and often dressed in white robes. Fucking hack. The group reportedly saw a large influx of new followers this year amid the coronavirus pandemic, according to the Moscow Times. And so on so forth. Yes, so Jesus of Siberia... <laughs> Yeah, you know. I wonder if he has anything to do with the COVID-19 Sputnik V vaccine created in Mother Russia. Da, do we have your blessing, Jesus of Siberia? Da, I... Jesus Christ, bless this COVID-19 vaccination. I, Jesus of Siberia... Bless the COVID Sputnik V Russian vaccination concocted in Mother Russia. Oh, hell, I don't know. It's a wacky, topsy-turvy world. You know, cult leaders pretending to be Jesus, COVID-19 vaccinations, you know, elephants dying from swamp water poisoning, you know what I mean? Racial injustice, police officers shooting fucking 
victims, you know? Is it a police cover-up? Is it systematic racism? Oh, hell, I don't know. It's a toppy-turvsy world out there. I'm just going to put on my fucking mask and go take a nap. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I can't take it anymore. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent September 27th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Yeah, you know, it's a topsy-turvy world, folks. You know, hold on to your butts. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please connect. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramtran.com. Email me, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, help, help my black ass out for crying out loud, you know? Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it. You love it. You realize it. All right. Peace.